Good to be here in our freshly opened building. Yeah, so um, actually it's a, a real moment to, uh, as Mornay says, to just speak a little bit about our vision. And um, I, I want to start this morning by saying I, I think we have a moment to remind ourselves that we're part of a movement. Did you know that? Uh, and the movement, at the front of the movement, is King Jesus. Amen? Uh, and uh, it's good to know that, uh, that he is our captain. Hallelujah. Uh, and um, every Christian in this room has been given an assignment. If you don't know that, you can open your Bible at some point to Ephesians 2.10 and see that. Uh, and it is pur- purposeful. God is purposeful with your life. And God has saved and positioned you. I believe this. I believe the scripture teaches this with purpose. He's positioned you where you are, in your homes, in your neighborhoods. Uh, he's put neighbors next to you. Uh, he's touching some of its nations through some of us. And he's positioned us for purpose. And he leaves nothing to chance. How many of us know that Jeremiah 29 uh, verse 11 says he's got plans what? To prosper us and not to harm us. To give us what? A hope and a future. Amen. Uh, and so wherever you are. Some of what we're going to talk about this morning is about your faith, your obedience, uh, as you bring transformation, as God transforms you. In fact, I would put it this way, your life is full of possibilities, amen? Possibilities. So our vision, here we go, is to be a transformed people who transform the world. That's our vision, uh, and there's loads of stuff that you can uh, read that we've written this uh, vision booklet. If you, anyone got one of these? Uh, you can get one of you, that's worrying. Uh, I'm sure we printed more than one, uh, so we should start signing these if that's the case and selling them. Uh, but we got one. You know, if you've got one of these, read it, have a look at it. We're not going to go through that in absolute detail. But this is where we're going as a people. And actually, I believe what we're talking about is radically pioneering. Uh, I believe that what we're touching on as a church, we're talking about bringing something of heaven to earth. Uh, let me phrase it this way. We're, we're talking about your life rewriting the narrative of the environment you're in. Think about it. What's the narrative in your workplace? Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's hopelessness. What's the narrative of the street you live in? Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's pain. What's the narrative of your family? Whatever that narrative is, as a Christian, as a son or daughter of God, you get to rewrite the story. Amen? You get to reframe the story. And so I want... God first to be a place that we can come and find refuge from the world. Okay, I want people to be able to come into this place, whether it's a Sunday or throughout the week, interact with people, and they find it's a place of refuge. But I also want this, that our vision is that we will scatter from this environment and we will be a refuge for the town, the region. Do you understand this? And so again, I, we, we're challenging because there's paradigm shifts that I believe that God is going to take us on as a church that are going to be uncomfortable as you outwork the implications of some of the things that sound very conceptual at the moment. But what would it be like if, if we began to rewrite the, the narrative in government or healthcare or education or business or arts, entertainment, media, that Christians like you and me really showed up, really showed up with a, with a new narrative? I'll put it like this, that we... Gather for purpose, or gather with purpose, or gather for encounter, and we scatter with power. 
And there's no, no tension between the gathered and the scattered. <laughs> that you, that you gather to encounter God. And this worship team this morning, didn't they lead us brilliantly into God's presence? Just the sense of God with us, and then we scatter with power. Alan Scott puts it like this. He says, we're not looking to build an institution, but empower, train, and release sons and daughters to bring an intervention from heaven to every sphere. And so really, Sundays even are a moment where we, where we take stock, where we look to God again. And so we're carrying big promises. You know, we're, we're carrying promises that are, I would say, insane. Okay? Promises like this, that God has told us that we'll be glory carriers to this nation and the continent of Europe. That's crazy. God is raising us up to be a sign and wonder and display the Father to people. That's what God's spoken over us. The other words, God, God has called this church to be a boiler room of revivalists, people who transform their spheres of influence. God first will be a place that grows social reformers. Guy Miller, interesting, as I stand here, I think this is, this is the amazing moment. Some of you were in the Regent Theatre when Guy Miller prophesied about us opening uh, airfields uh, that will clear airfields into Europe. Uh, and God spoke to us about that from the platform in the region through Guy Miller, our apostolic kind of leader, father of the movement that we're part of. Uh, and while he spoke on the, at the Regent Theatre, this building was beginning to go up for sale. In fact, I saw Julian and Jane. Good to have you with us, guys. Uh, Julian and Jane subsequently moved house and, and not here at this church. But Julian worked in this building. Uh, and uh, I think it was you who first informed us that this building was coming uh, for, up for sale. But while Guy was prophesying that, we're finding that a building is coming online to, to buy on Airfield Road. Uh, and so join the dots, okay? Uh, and so off Airfield Way, if God wasn't going to make it even more clear. Uh, and, uh, and you, uh, actually, Dave Hobby, Dave, you, you've told me you used to work here. Uh, and uh, I've actually got uh, Nick Landloy, who I'm calling you out, gave me a book of, of, of some of the history of the airfields as well in, in Christchurch and where the, air, the runway runs from where we are. And I think it was somewhere over that way. And we're just not quite on the runway, but we're, we're near it. Uh, and so it's just fascinating how God has led us. And then Guy, I remember prophesying over us as an eldership team, elders and wives together around a big meal. Uh, and we prophesied over him and he prophesied over us. And he, he said, I'm giving you wow shoes, walk on water shoes. And so God is calling us to signs and wonders. At the very front of this meeting last week, people were saying, yeah, I feel, I feel like God's touched me. I feel, feel like there's some healing. We've heard the story about the angelic presence in the room, shooting arrows at money bags, uh, and then the 10 grand coming in on the Tuesday. I mean, it's just, it's just insanity uh, in one sense, but it's God's sovereignty. Uh, okay, that's how he moves. And so, listen, it's so important that we don't lose sight of what God has called us to. It's going to take faith and courage and the scale of the problem in our region. I'm using that, that phrase deliberately rather than a town I believe God has called us to to a region this is God spoke about this place being a hub for a region God has spoke to us about that it needs a radical response to see transformation it's going to require that we are transformed and I know that God is continually challenging and transforming me here are my questions just some light Hearted questions for you. How about this one? Will you believe God for a faith and life that is not only strong enough to survive, but powerful enough to transform culture? Because I tell you, there's a lot of Christians who think this is it. That coming and sitting in rows is it. I'm telling you, this is a place of encounter for ascending with power. That's, that's, that's the truth. And so we, we've got to get... 
I thought that was a good point too, Gordon. So, uh, so you've got to join the journey. And so if you, it's kind of almost like saying, if you don't want that journey, it's your time to leave and grab your stuff and sneak out. But that, that powerful enough to, not just powerful enough to survive, but powerful enough to transform culture. Some of you have got to seek God for the transformational dreams he's put in your heart to bring transformation, not wait for a leader to tell you what to do. And that's a whole different way of doing church. And we're going to have to work that out. What does that mean? What does that really mean to have big people who are empowered in God, who can stand and say, God said this to me, what does it look like to bring that transformation? And I tell you already, we've got people talking about, I'm going into the world of arts as a missionary to transform it. Others are saying, I'm in the business world to bring transformation to that place. Others are in healthcare doing that. Others of us are doing all sorts of other things. Some of us are retired and it's our neighbours and our neighbourhoods that we're doing that in. But we cannot build a building, set out rows and say, that's it. That's not what we're called to be. We're called to be a transformed people who transform the world. And some of you say, well, I've heard it all before. Some of you say, it's for everyone else, not little old me. Some of you have been around a bit longer and you say, well, I've heard it all before. I believe that this church, I believe that God's waking up a people in little old Christchurch. And he's waking up because it's just the way God does stuff. And he's waking us up. I believe we've got to wake up and stop waiting for God to move and begin to think, what am I going to move in God? William Booth, we know it. I've said it many times. He said this, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. <laughs> That's what the academy is about. It's saying, you didn't know you were a move of God. Let me tell you who you are because you are a move of God. And we're beginning to see that happening. So Jesus has commissioned you. Matthew 28, everyone is sent as Jesus was sent. John 20, 21, Jesus said, just as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And we've received the Holy Spirit. Who's received the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's why we're charismatics. Not because we have good music, nice projection screens and balloons, but because we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I was thinking about this, and some of this just gets earth for me through life. And our, our Megan, our eldest, is, uh, is training as a nurse. She's 19 now over in Southampton. Uh, and she texted us. In fact, we, we'd, um, uh, we'd just go, uh, I think we were at the airport, I think. I can't remember. I think we'd come back from New York, actually. That was nice. Uh, and, and Megan texted us. She's on training. So nurses, I think, are incredible uh, in terms of what they do. I've got a fresh admiration for them. But she's on training and on placement. And she texts this. She said, currently on another ward and have been for a few hours now. I walked in on my break to go spend some time with one of the ladies I nursed last week uh, who has been admitted. And there was this lady next to her who was really thin and unwell. And I sat down to talk to my old patient but ended up talking to the lady next to her. And she was so sweet. And after about 15 minutes, she stopped me and said, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I want to eat something when I'm with you. And the sister, of the, ward, the sister of the ward burst into tears because apparently she hasn't eaten in days and they're about to start feeding her through a tube tomorrow. But she started eating, question mark, question mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. So they've asked me to stay with her and feed her because she can't do it herself and only does it when I'm there. So yeah, so far we've been through a whole punnet of grapes uh, and still going strong. She's lovely. Joe texts, oh my word, presence of God, Meg. Meg texts back, she's eating cake now. <laughs> All the team were in tears. I've, I, it's been ages since she ate. I text, fantastic. Listen, this, that's how the kingdom of God comes, Meg. 
you only have to be present and God is. That is, that, that, that is what it is. That, it's not turning up thinking you've got all the Bible verses sometimes. Just being present and God is present with you. Ephesians 3.10 puts his intent now. It's through the church. That his manifold wisdom will be displayed and shown to the rulers and authorities. We don't do evangelism. We bring life. That's what Alan Scott says. God is looking for a people who carry his presence and bring hope. Wherever they go. Heard another story of uh, two school kids and read this uh, in Alan Scott's book, Scattered Servants. If you've not read it, read it. Uh, and he says there was a, a, boy, a Christian boy called George sitting next to his, uh, his friend Rory uh, and they're just about to sit an exam. And, uh, and George leans over to Rory and says, I want to pray for you. And, uh, and uh, Rory thinks, well, actually, I, I guess uh, praying for my test. But he, George leans in, he says, uh, and uh, leans in and whispered, over Rory, Father, I take authority over epilepsy. This is, a, this is a child. I forbid it, and I command it to go in your name. Then he got on with his test. The last that was heard is that George, so George sorry, it's George praying, Rory, Rory praying for George. George hasn't had another epileptic seizure since that moment. The kid is a transformed believer who knows that he carries what he carries, and he can release it. If children can do it, Surely we can do it as adults. <laughs> and so uh, that's so important because God is not in the building trade, he's in the people trade. And it would be very easy to think, well, the vision is to transform people, to transform the world, and we've got this big building now and we can get people in it. But that's not what God said. He said, I'm so loved the world, I sent my son. He's an apostolic father. He's ascending God. Uh, and that's what we are. So programs and meetings don't change a town, people do. That's the truth. And you can only be where you can be. I can't be where you can be. I'm in rooms that you're not in, but you're in rooms that I'm not in. (laughs) You're in places that I can't influence. God has called his sons and daughters to change the world. Ian Bounds, who's quite a well-known writer on prayer, says this, men and women have always been God's method. (laughs) That's, That's profound. And so what happens for me is that My heart literally breaks when I have conversations with Christians who are preoccupied with the trivial and don't know what they're called to to earth for. And they speak in such a way that they're worried about things that are are trivial and peripheral. And for some of us, that manifests in all sorts of ways. That we get preoccupied, that we we look to the trivial. I watched, I wouldn't say had the joy of, but our Annie, our eldest, uh, our middle daughter, uh, is... uh, studying the history and part of that is German history and Nazi, the rise of the Nazis and so on. So we watched Schindler's List uh, and quite honestly I found it disturbing. watched it in two sections over, the, over I think it was last week and, uh, or the week before and, and it's disturbing. But the thing you will remember if you've watched that film, at the, at the end of the film, Oskar Schindler is a, is a German in Poland uh, who decides that he will utilize the war for his own gain. So his purpose in life is basically women and money and as hedonistic lifestyle as he can live and gradually realizes that, that if he can get Jews to work for him, he can make money, but gradually realizes these are people and, uh, and begins to love these people and begins to invest his fortune in rescuing Jews from the Holocaust and from execution and from murder. And at the end of the film, he, he breaks down uh, in... Uh, in tears, looking at the car that he held onto, or the, the, the pin that was on his, uh, on his jacket, realizing that if I'd have just given that, I could have saved just two more or ten more. 
And I think what happens is you move from living from one purpose to another. And I just wonder, Christians in here, if we began to realize what we're living for, that maybe things would change. We, if, we, if our mindsets got transformed to, to actually we're here to see as many saved. Many saved. Some of you have seen Hacksaw Ridge. And at the end, uh, that guy says, just one more. That moment where we think as Christians, we could live with that way. Just one more. If I'll invest this for just one more. There needs to be a great transformation And my prayer is that God will start with me and he'll start with us. That there'll be this transformed people that go and transform the world. And folks, we're beginning to see some of that. When I think of the nations, I I think, well, Martin Wilson walked in with Brazil on his t-shirt. There he is. Brazil! You know, Joe was chatting with Katie. Joe Joe was chatting with Katie, who's their daughter, who's over in Brazil. Not easy. But from us has gone... Uh, and a sense of, hey, that's our Katie over there in Brazil, bringing to touch the homeless and the uh, and the, the most downtrodden in, in the community. We've got, I think, this Lucy Craddock around. I don't know, where is she? Lucy, good to have you with us. You know, and and going to the nations, getting boldness in God. And so I'm, I'm going. We've got we've got others. We've got supporting Doug and others supporting Mira and Snasia in Serbia and the Balkans. We've got Sophie going to Uganda and teams involved in that. We've got India. A text from Mahesh just this week. We'll pray about that Monday night. Uh, just that what they're doing as they move into their building uh, in India in Belgium. But locally, food festivals, school governors. I know of at least three school governors in this church across different schools uh, who are serving in that area. Uh, one of them, uh, Doug, is leading uh, the, the multi-academy, chairing that, that, that whole thing. Huge responsibility in our church. And we've got to begin to see that people in those environments need prayer as much as the meetings that we're running need prayer. And we're going to begin to earth this. And so, uh, in fact, I think I'll say a bit later, but Martin and I were chatting this week. It said, we've got a governor at the Grange in Martin. We need another two governors in that school who would carry a desire to spill contagious hope into that environment. You could be one of those people. Talk to Martin Mossel. Wave your hand, Martin, uh, if, that, if that's you. And you can work that out. The academy, beginning to see this stuff, amazing transformation. Do you know we had one lead elder who was so transformed that God, God said to him, literally, it's like a glass ceiling come from over my head. This is a lead elder. You know, the guys who are supposed to be sorted. Uh, okay, the guys who are supposed to have it all together. He said, a glass ceiling broke off me and I've been transformed. Remember our vision? To be a transformed people who transform the world. Uh, and so he said, I loved it so much. Can I come back and help lead this thing? Uh, and so he's helping Emma on the team and, uh, and helping the team with that. At West Point, a leader asked me, could we launch another academy nearer where we live, please? I, I sidestepped that because I thought we may have one or two other things uh, to do. Uh, so I said it's a little bit more complicated than that. But it speaks of what we're doing, doesn't it? Where people are being transformed. Other ministries that we're linked to, Water Lily, Food and Furniture Bank. Furniture Bank is storing their stuff in, in the container uh, literally behind me right now, working out from this building. Tracy Blick giving a steer to that. Youth and Kids Work. Pastoral care. I heard a number in this church saying, we're going we're gonna to pay for ourselves to get trained so that we can help see people transformed. Very good. When I hear that, I'm like, that is, that is wonderful. Because it's not all rah, rah, rah. Actually, we're saying there are moments that need skilled counseling and support and prayer. And people get heart transformation from inside out. I must press on. You know, the future. I believe that right now in this room, there are people who need to seek God to see how your transformation is going to transform out there. I think of the estate that we're near with Summerford Estate. There are others who are saying, how, how do we go east? 
What does that look like? You're, you're bursting with ideas and we want you to be empowered to think as we progress forward and work plans for that. We're saying we, we want to continue to think what does it look like to go east from here? What will that look like? So the power of transformation to be a transformed people who transform the world. This is a powerful vision because it flows from your transformation. And so I heard of uh, one pastor, he was shopping for cameras in a camera shop and a woman walked past him and that woman fell over in the power of the Spirit and he said, oh, I must leak. You know, this sense of being so full of the Spirit that it's just overflow. You know the story of the Apostle Peter was so transformed that people brought their sick onto the street so that his shadow might touch them so that it might be healed. That's transformation when your shadow's healing people. Yeah? And so the burden today is that This church will understand it is the people who have been transformed by God who will transform the world. This vision is not a clever idea. It's about biblical transformation. Let me just say a few things about biblical transformation to earth this for us. Your transformation was planned. Ephesians 1, 4-5. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Christ Jesus in accordance with his pleasure and will. I don't know how it makes you feel, but it makes me feel pretty special that the Trinity were talking about me before the creation of the world. And that's what it is for you if you're a Christian here this morning. Your transformation is radical. The letter to Ephesians that we've heard Mornay read from this morning as well, from Ephesians 6, says that it's to the saints in Ephesus. Do you know what saints means? It means you're holy ones. It means you're transformed. And so this means... Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 so puts it this way. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. A new life has begun. Wow. Some of us should look a lot happier about that. I mean, I just, <laughs> some of us are thinking about coffee and about dinner. And look, I'm going to be a little bit longer here, so you stick with me. Uh, uh, you, you've been transformed. The, the concept here is metamorphosis. It's, I don't know if we've got the picture of the caterpillar and the, uh, that, that's, that's what we're talking about here. It, it's, it's a caterpillar transforming into something structurally and functionally completely different. You tell a caterpillar to fly, it's going to look at you blank. Butterflies are built for it. It's in their name. <laughs> and it's metamorphosis. It, it, it's not the same thing. They're totally different. It means, this word transform means to change into another form, to transform, to transfigure. And the, this, this is what happened to you. The moment you expressed faith in Jesus, you were transformed. It's the same root word, this metamorphosis that is used of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, transformation. It's, it's like he's, he, he become something completely different to what he was, man, God, and he was a man in front of them. And yet he transfigured into something that was radically different. He metamorphosized. He metamorphosed. He changed. You are not the same as you were now that you're saved. Hallelujah. It's the truth. And so a Christian is not someone with slightly better morals. You know, the guy says, oh, I got the wrong change and, and owns up to it. That's not the basic foundations of Christianity, you understand. It's like you are metamorphosed into something completely different. A Christian is somebody who's been totally transformed. And listen, it isn't incremental. It's instantaneous. It's internal. It's radical. It's all of God. That's what's happened to you. You were dead in your sins and you've been raised to life. 
You're seated in heavenly realms. And so that's why we're preaching, to be a transformed people who transform the world, because transformation has occurred. But transformation is ongoing. There's the tension. Well, you said it was all now. Yes, it is all now. And it's all coming. And it's all yet to come, actually. But there's much more transformation for each of us to press into. So Paul says this in Corinthians. He says, And we who with unveiled, unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed, metamorphosed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I don't know how many of you know that you're, if you were a Christian 10 years ago, you've matured and some things that were happening then are not happening now. You've, you've with ever-increasing glory, and that requires effort and commitment. That's why we're saying to be a transformed people, because we are transformed and we're being transformed. And the more we're transformed, the more glory we come and the more vision, get the more of the vision that gets lived out. Romans 12 puts it this way, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. There that word is again, metamorphosed by the renewing of your mind. That's interesting, isn't it? Then you'll be able to test and approve God's will, his good, pleasing and perfect will. That's why we emphasize what you believe is very important. What you think is true is very important. This word repentance means uh, is metanoia. It means literally to think differently, to reconsider, to change your mind on purpose. So this metamorphosis, this ongoing metamorphosis is, is, a, is one through a transformed thinking. And so you begin to win it that way. This transformed thinking changes everything. It changes the world around us. How many of you know when you're in a hopeless situation around people who don't know God and you bring hope, transformation comes? The only way that hope comes is, is your transformed thinking has happened that you believe God can do anything or that God has an answer. That's why Rory can pray for George for his epilepsy to be healed because he's carrying a transformed thinking. Guess what? God can do anything. And so we, we said, look, we want to see our transformed thinking look like this. God is good. He's better than you think. So change the way you think. Nothing's impossible with God. The victory is in the cross. We, we don't fight for the victory. We fight from victory. And everyone is significant. You are royalty. A holy nation. Sons and daughters of God. His masterpiece. And so we're saying, look, at the heart of this vision is building big people. And that's not, not a nice little phrase. That, that, what I mean by that is people who really know these truths and live in the good of them. That is what happens when we scatter with power. There is a different mindset. There's a different understanding of what you carry. And you can't click your fingers for that. There's an instantaneous transformation and there's an outworking of the glory of that that rewrites the narrative in your communities and in your spheres of influence as you live out the things you're believing in those environments. It's a transformation for purpose. It's the fourth point. New creations do new things. Transformed people transform. And that's what you're designed to do to bring transformation. 2 Corinthians 5, 5, 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And, I, and he gave, listen to this, and he, this is Christ who was reconciling the world to himself, and he gave us, say this to each other, he gave us. He gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. 
Do you understand the glory of that? That in your hands is the message of reconciliation. You have the answer in you to every problem that exists on planet Earth. Because it's in Christ. Staggering. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Do you know what an ambassador is? It's an official who lives in a foreign country as the senior representative there of his own country. Do you know where you come from? Heaven. So you are an ambassador. You are a senior representative of a completely different realm. So when you bring this new thinking and this metamorphosis that has occurred in you and it begins to live out, you are being an ambassador. You're beginning to live this out. God is making his appeal through us. You think, God, couldn't you have done it yourself? No, I chose you to do it. We speak for Christ when, when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We're not just anybody on earth. We are ambassadors. So our assignment is to represent, to represent God on earth, connecting lost people to God. Put another way, in Alan Scott ways, you are trusted rulers. Just as Adam and Eve were trusted to extend Eden, you've been trusted to extend the kingdom of God wherever you are. And so it means we, we've got to have a revelation, church. We've got to have a revelation of who we are. And I'll give you a little bit of a story in a moment uh, in terms of why I think we've got to do that. But a revelation of being sons and daughters, a revelation of being called to transform the world. And then fifthly, just on this, it's a transformation that shapes culture. We are going after a culture that will transform us. And when we live it out in the confines of our church community and out there in the world, it will transform the culture of the earth to look like the culture of heaven. It will. And I tell you, it looks very practical. There's not time this morning. We're going to preach a whole series on this stuff again. But it looks like this. It looks like when everyone else is gossiping, you're honoring. It's transformational. Atmospheres change. When everyone's criticizing the boss, you're pulling the good things out. When everyone else is looking to, to go skirt around the issues, you're talking about it and working it through. And so we, we said, look, what, what would that culture look like? What, what was it? What happened? And, and for us as a church, this is not a clever, you've got to understand, this is not clever words. This is a journey we've been on. And so in 2010, me and Joe traveled back to Bedford, our town that we're from, to go to a conference at King's Arms Church called the Father Heart Conference. And I tell you, we walked into that thing and we did not know what we'd come to, did we? There were people applauding. There were people uh, kind, of, kind of pressing into God. Certain things we've kind of now increasing is more of our culture. But at the time, it's like, this is, what have we come to? And then we run that Father Heart Conference in 2012 at St. Swithin's Building. Remember that? Uh, and some of you remember that was when Harry was unwell and we had this kind of weird scenario. We're running this big conference and we're not in the loop. We're at the hospital trying to nurse our son and, uh, and so on. But God just did amazing things. Uh, as Simon and uh, uh, Simon Holly came down, Wendy Mann then. And then 2014, we said, what, as a leadership, we said, what are we going to go for? And some of you remember Firestarters. Do you remember that course? Any, any of you were on that? Uh, and literally, we launched that course and we did not know what we were doing. Other than we thought, this, this looks a lot of fun and it looks like it starts to equip us for some of the things I've been saying this morning. And then Joe and I said, what we really need to do is we'd love to go to Bethel and Reading. And it was never about Bethel or, or Reading, but it was about trying to, you, you have to sometimes travel to go to places to have an impartation and a revelation that comes. It's just the way God's made it. And so we turn up in a town and, and we suddenly realize 
it is possible the thing that God has spoken to, that, that he wants to do in us and through us because we've now seen it live in a town. That is faith building when you begin to see a, a, literally a church transforming a town. And in 2016, we, we, we did, why don't we do a Father Heart Conference for the commission, the whole of commission. And we did that. Remember that 500 people, 550 people turned up. I honestly felt like it was my birthday. People were getting healed, set free, revelations of God. It was encounter after encounter. Uh, and so we, we run another one the next year. And God did the same. And there was this, anyone at that? Anyone come to that? I mean, we've got another one in February, okay? Uh, and so it's going to be in this building. Uh, and so again, we've got Paul Manwaring coming to that one. Uh, but but we, we say, wow, God, you're amazing. And then, uh, not time to tell all the story, but uh, Emma Slater and Rachel Bridal separately came to me and said, what we really want to do is launch an academy that will equip people in their identity and help them to live this culture-transforming lifestyle as Christians out there. And I'm like, the elders have been chatting about that for probably probably 12 months, maybe more, uh, and saying, oh, we, we would love to do something like that, but we haven't got capacity. And then people come and say, this is the dream of God on our heart and beginning to see that released and happen. And we realized when Wendy Mann came in 2017, some of you remember when we were in two sites, we got, remember Kevin, we got locked out of, um, got locked out of Highcliffe and the whole of Highcliffe had to come and meet at the Regent Theatre. Uh, and Wendy Mann preached to us as one church together by God's sovereign hand on us, actually, I believe. And she said, you don't, don't turn the channel from identity and the Father heart of God. And so we, we believe we're carrying key messages that are part of this to be a transformed people that transform the world. The kingdom of God and what it means to be a kingdom people. The father heart message, spiritual adoption, empowerment, big people, not just a big church, looking to release people. What it, what it means to have mothers and fathers in the church who are caring for the church as well as equipping people to get released. Role of men and women, releasing gifted people across the church, changing our measures of success so the question has changed, I believe, from how do we just build a good church to how do we see the kingdom of God come and transform a region. Transform a region to something different. That this place of honor, seeing someone, seeing underneath to the real gold uh, in people. And then we said, began to realize that there was identity, authority, assignment. Knowing who you are, knowing what authority you carry, and then being assigned to this kingdom work. And so I would say this, the goal for every believer is for them to know their identity in Christ, their authority as believers, and then their assignment, the specific thing they've been called to influence every day, everywhere, everyone. And it's not time to unpack this because we're going to do a whole series on this. But, but we said that culture of heaven, that kingdom culture could look like all sorts of things. But we said freedom, faith, generosity, authenticity, honor. And as you begin to be as it were, ambassadors of carrying that in the life of the church. And that's the governing way you behave when you're out there in the world. Trust me, things begin to change. So in summary, our vision is to be a transformed people who transform the world. Your transformation was planned before the creation of the world. Your transformation is radical. You, you've been metamorphosized into something totally different. Your transformation is ongoing. You're going from glory to glory as your thinking is transformed. It's a transformation for purpose. Ambassadors, reconcilers, trusted rulers bringing life. And it's a transformation that shapes culture. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. That's what you're part of. And it will live as you step into it 
not as you just follow the next program or the next event. So imagine for a second a church where we all said yes to Jesus. Imagine it where we know and live out that Jesus is king and nothing is impossible with God. Imagine a church that's famous for being good and bringing solutions to this town and this region. Imagine a church where every one of us is bringing the kingdom of God to his or her sphere of influence. Imagine a church, folks, and this can happen. It's happened in some churches where we're seeing people saved every day. Imagine a church that's living out the kingdom culture inside and outside these walls. These walls. That would be a transformed people. That would transform the world. That would be the type of church that gather for purpose and encounter and scatter with power and influence. That would be the type of church that understand their trusted rulers who, who have been entrusted by God to shape their spheres of influence so that what is in heaven comes to earth. That's the sort of church I want to be in. That's the sort of church I would join. But Lord, we just welcome you in this place. I just wonder if the band could come up while we're just praying. I just pray, God, thank you. Just receive right now. I thank you for this holy entrustment of something that feels very precious, that feels bigger than perhaps anything we've really realized that we were connected with. Thank you that you've joined us to you, Jesus, and you lead us in triumphal procession. Thank you, Lord, that we're not just in a moment now, but we're part of a kingdom movement that will shape the world and is shaping the world that we live in. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one. In you is hope. In you are solutions. In you is the victory as you died and rose again. And I pray over us, Lord, that in this place, just feel this prophetically, that there's things that the Lord just wants to drop into your hearts. They are prophetic dreams. They are things that you thought, I've got permission to begin to explore that. Lord, I pray that you'd raise up shapers in our community. Those who bring hope and influence in business and arts and media and all the, all the different avenues that we're in. May we be shapers in our family. May we be culture transformers in our relationships and those we, that those we interact with, whether it's our neighbors or the nations. Empower us by your spirit, Lord. You said that we'll receive power to be your witnesses. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your provision. We thank you that we stand in a hall such as this that you provided. Uh, Lord, we feel just a sense of blessing on you as you create this hub that we can go from. But, Lord, I pray that you would equip us. Give us wisdom, Lord, to see this built for your glory, Lord. As you build your church, we seek your kingdom. We say, let your kingdom come with fresh breakthrough, fresh shaping in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord.